Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to the Shotgun Start Podcast. Today is Wednesday, April 20th. Sean, how you doing? I'm good. I'm rested. I'm recovered. I think more importantly, you're recovered. Uh, yeah. Brandon may need a recovery from the vacation. We'll see, but I'm good. He's a vacation from his vacation. For those that don't know, this is the, uh, the dulcet tones of uh, Sean Martin, senior oh. editor... At lead editorial. Lead, We've been over lead this on the, the fried egg. At PGATour.com. So calling from... I want to say, is this not my Shotgun Start debut? Not, I've been on the fri- I think... Right? I feel like you've been on the Shotgun Start. Okay. I've done the fried egg. I'm not sure about the Shotgun Start. We'll see. I feel like you've been on the Shotgun Start before. Okay. So... You're not inside the moat. You're at PGA Tour Entertainment. You're calling in from St. Augustine. So we, we've got some official clout here. How uh, how about the last couple of weeks of golf? I think they're great. I mean, I think Scotty Scheffler, I, I think you guys have mentioned it. I don't think he quite, you know, resonates with the, the general fan. And I think you guys touched upon it, too, of, like, one of the reasons is he was coming out of Dallas in the wake of Spieth. And... Spieth made the stuff that he was doing as a teenager look normal, and you know Scheffler comes along to the same thing. He's like, "Well, we just saw a kid from the same town do do uh, you know what Spieth had done." But if you took Scheffler's amateur career in a vacuum, I think he would have been a can't miss kid. You know, then some back injuries late in Texas career that kind of um, you know maybe sent him off course a little bit. But I think Scotty Scheffler. I love the game. I love the unique swing. Uh, one of our freelancers did a. a a piece for PJTour.com on kind of generational teams we want to see. And he paired Almer Palmer and, and Scotty Shuffler together in part because Shuffler won Bay Hill. But also I was thinking like a couple guys that own their swing, unique swings, um, has a unique action. And I don't know. I think the Scotty Shuffler era, I think we'll see how long it lasts. We make eras. We pronounce them too quickly nowadays. But I'm excited for the Scotty Shuffler era, see what he does with it. Um, and then Spieth, I, you know, whenever Spieth wins, People get excited. I think he's so relatable, like you said, that he puts himself, he makes swings, hits his ball in places that we all would hit it, but then makes birdie from there or par. Big week for Texas, especially the guy that's trolling Texans with uh, New York. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter this morning. Guys trolling uh, Texans saying that, you know, Texas would fit into New York City on a map and people have fallen for it. I did not, uh, which actually, uh, Scheffler uh from originally from the greater new york metropolitan area ian o'connor of the new york post was hitting that story angle hard at augusta wrote some really great stories about like the driving range where scotty grew up and how his dad would have to drive there during snowstorms to prove to scotty the range was closed scotty's dad told a story about like they'd go to a, a local junior college and hit balls at night and like it would be dark and his dad would hold a flashlight and scotty would hit balls toward he'd yell like a skeet shooter, I guess. He'd yell that he's about to hit it, like pull. And then uh, Scotty would hit the ball to his dad who's holding a flashlight. Um, so definitely the, the one New York outlet, at least, was hitting the New York story hard. So 
Ridgewood, New Jersey native Scotty Scheffler, uh, Masters champion. Man, I wonder who he likes for the USAM this year at Ridgewood. Uh, maybe Scheffler can get his status back. You know, that wouldn't surprise me with these NIL deals that are getting passed around. He probably <laughs> Did you see the daily? Are we going to go into the daily one? I mean, do you want to talk about the daily one? You're, you're a co-host just, of this podcast today, so you get to kind of pick your shots here. I just want to know what the team uniforms are going to look like at the PNC. They're the defending champions. We're going to have, like, Tiger and Charlie in their Sunday red and uh, John and John Daly the second in their Sunday orange, I guess. I don't White and I don't orange, know. right? It's, that's what it's got to be, probably. I yeah. Is there an age limit to get into Hooters? I don't. I mean, John Daly the second is in college, but I don't think there is. I it's think a restaurant. With, I guess. I think if you're with an adult, anybody can go. I I, I don't think that it's not like a strip club or anything, you know. Um, but uh, hey, one thing with Scheffler that I think that you hit on, he was, he's been basically overshadowed his entire career, yeah. not just Spieth, but then he's been overshadowed by all of his peers doing such wonderful things right away. And the fact that he took a little bit longer, everybody, I mean, for until he won at waste management, people were like, Oh, when's he ever going to win? Is he ever going to win? Was the question. Yeah. It's like, he's been on tour for like a, two years, you know? It's not like he's been out there for five. It is pretty crazy that if you think about it, like Zalator said, the first junior event he played in Dallas, Spieth won, Scheffler was second. And imagine being in Dallas at the time and following junior golf or amateur golf. I don't know how many sickos there were, but you're like, yeah, you're not even the best kid in Dallas right now. And now they're both Masters champions. Zalatoris. Um, and Zalatoris <laughs> is very good. Um, I liked, there was a tweet someone put up of that photo of like Scheffler and Zalatoris, and they're like, Basically, the you know they showed the JT Spieth photo and like uh, that was broke, and now you know woke was Scheffler and Zalator's photo. Um, it's what a crazy uh, just progression of things in Dallas. It's uh, it feels like with Spieth that this is uh, this is a good chance for the for the Grand Slam with uh, Southern Hills coming up. I'm actually wearing a Southern Hills uh, hoodie right now. It's 70 degrees in Florida, so we break out the long sleeve shirts. Um, my wife's uncle is a member at Southern Hills. I've yet, I actually have yet to see it though. But I've seen the only thing I've seen is your aerials, and I'm very excited for it. Are you going? I am. We are driving. Okay. All the whole family is driving from Jacksonville, Florida, to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Woo! Yeah, uh, we have yeah. in the minivan. Um, we will make a stop. You're probably in the third row. Uh, no, we don't. Yeah, actually, yes. And then luckily, you can space them out enough; they can't touch each other. That was the big win. Uh, we'll probably make a stop in Birmingham, so we may have to hit up. Is Bama Bearcat actually in Birmingham? Yeah, yeah. We have to hit him up. Maybe he has an extra room he, for us just to roll in. I think he could Lunch take of, you out to play golf too if you wanted. I, I don't, don't know. Wanna, the I don't want to get ahead of myself here. Yeah, I don't want to go in the middle of a sixteen-hour road trip and just go play golf. Uh, <laughs> but if he wants to roll in with like you know three really tired kids that are just like trying to shovel their Chick Fil A in their mouth, uh, we could definitely just roll into his house pretty quickly and make a mess of it. That's the thing is like you you go on these family road trips and you have these intentions it's like oh I could play golf here it's like but what 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 do the non golfers do while you play no, golf yeah I won't I won't even take my clubs it's kind of like the life of a of a parent in junior golf if your kid doesn't want you to watch them play watch them watch them play what do you do when you drive them to a junior tournament like what 
what do you occupy your time with in some random town in so in you know America, middle of America? And this is we're totally off script, which I guess we're supposed to be. But so my son and I, he's five. We hit balls every Saturday at the Jack's Beach Golf Club, the very public golf course there, and they host a fair amount of like junior events. Uh, everything from like Florida Junior Tour, which um, you know they're pretty pretty good for a state junior tour, down to like little um, U.S. kids. And like I remember when I was back in my day. You know, my parents would, like, drop me off. We'd play our tournament, and then I'd put a quarter in the payphone, and they'd call, I'd call them, and they'd pick me up. Uh, now it's like parents are caddying, parents are following, parents are carrying snacks. Um, it's it's a full, like, full involvement. I think you, I think every kid, I think every parent watches their kid. So you just, you watch your kid. I don't know if I like that. I think, uh, I think there's a lot to be done uh, by yourself in golf it's a, it's I a can, self-fulfilling journey i can understand having parents caddy when like the child is physically unable to carry the bag because they're not old enough yet but then even you can make the point that if they can't carry their bag for nine holes which i think actually is playing, Andrews, and they, they shouldn't be, be playing, playing in right nine hole tournament yeah we not to get into my parenting philosophy but we're big on like the pl- development of play like you learn through play like just experiment kind of figure it out the second you attach a score or results to it like something changes in the brain so like, I don't want my son playing golf tournaments if he wants to do that until maybe he's, like, 10. I don't know. I watched an 8-year-old baseball game the other day, and it's like... How was these it? Kids, was it, was well, it? Was it well played? Did they, did they have good uh, double play depth? And, it's, you know, did they it's tough. incorporate any shifts? It's t- well, I actually asked someone if, we could sh- if they could shift. Uh, it was actually our neighbor. His son is a good friend of my son now. But, like, you can see that the kids, they watch Major League Baseball. They know what they're supposed to do, and they just also know they're physically incapable of it. And there's just so much frustration. And I'm like, this just, I don't know there's any joy here. Because they know they aren't good. They're objectively, even the best kid in eight is objectively not good at baseball. And they know it. And I think, I don't know, I'm going to try to delay as long as possible the youth sports involvement. Expectations are a bad thing, right? Totally. 100%. You got to live life without any expectations of anybody. And then, uh, you know, you'll be a happy person, right? Yeah. Um, should we get to the schedule of the week? I don't, I don't want to, do you have any more parenting talk you want to, you want to get out there? I don't, uh, no, I think we're good. I, I don't even want advice, uh, have Kyle Porter on for that. If you want to get good parenting advice. All right. Schedule for the week. Brendan is not here. I'm having to man the ship. I don't get the emails that Brendan gets. So I had to do all of this on my own. Uh, we've got the Zurich classic. At TPC, Louisiana, it's a 7,425-yard par 72 Pete Dye design. Uh, I'd like to point out that we learned last year it's not built for the wind. Pete Dye did not build this with any intention of wind, according to some players. Uh, A player, not some. And the purse this week is $8.3 million. I do not have your times that you can watch. I didn't go that far in detail. But Those are available at PGATour.com. Yes, they are available on PGATour.com if you search enough. Uh, it, is a, it is the one and only team competition on the PGA Tour. We've got 500 FedEx Cup points to each winner on the line. And we've got uh, the format is best ball of pairs on Thursday and Saturday with alternate shot on Friday and Sunday. Your defending champion is the uh, the Aussie team of Cam Smith. And uh, speaking of baseball, Mark Leishman, great baseball player. I missed that reference. 
Oh, he hits it around. He gets it around the, the corpse. Okay. He's like he's scrap. Good... Is he scrappy? He's like a Rex Hudler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, he takes a, he takes it where where the pitcher gives him. He hits it to the opposite field. You know, he's not the most powerful guy, but he gets on base a lot. He's got a little pop. Little pop. Not he's a, he's kind of like big Mark, guy. Mark Grace. Okay. John like Olrude. That. That's who I I like to comp up to. Big guys, uh, not a, not a ton of pop though. Two seventy five average, fifteen homers, <laughs> seventy RBIs. Yeah, yeah. Occasional all star. Like, I mean, yeah. it, that fits. I mean, he's won some big events. He's contending some majors. You know, he, last time we were at St Andrews, uh, he was in a playoff. He's contending some Masters. You write for notables. I am. I I know there's been a sad development over the past few weeks in in notables, but I want to hear what you do with them. I, well, I had to make them, so you okay. know this is uh, this is. This is just me going down the list here. Uh, we got Scheffler and Ryan Palmer, the king of the partner event. Really, nobody nobody wins the partner event before it tees off except for Ryan Palmer. Uh, Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantley and Xander Schauffele, uh, Billy Horschel and Sam Burns, the, uh, the cross-generational pairing right there. <laughs> Uh, Jay Haas and Bill Haas, if you want to talk about generational pairing. 68-year-old Jay Haas is, uh, is teaming up with Bill, his son, who obviously had the spot. What's the rule here with, uh, with, you know, people that are members that qualify for the event have the hammer, right? I believe, yeah. So I believe what it is is that you, one player has to qualify uh, on his own merit using kind of the priority list that we use for every event. And then his partner just has to be a, a PJ Tour member of any kind. So a past champion counts. That's Jay Haas here. Um, I don't know if Bill's on a medical uh, or maybe Bill received a sponsor exemption. Um, but It's kind of cool, though, playing with your 68-year-old dad. Well, so the thing is, I believe he's at 798 career starts, and um, I think he's trying to get to 800. It's just a made-up number. What's the difference between seven ninety? We love, and look. I, I I get you know I I like the data boys. I get that you know what's a num- what's a round number, but we like round numbers. You know, everyone likes when something hasn't been done for fifty years, not forty-seven years. It just you know, no one celebrates the thirty-second anniversary of something. There's some guys that might be able to get a full year exemption for for such an achievement. Do you think Jay Haas is gunning for? an 800 starts made exemption potentially it would be a big cake <laughs> um, a candle no, for each start kevin price uh who's got a great mind for numbers made the point that if jay haas makes the cut he will break sam sneed's record for oldest player to make a cut in a pj tournament really what yeah. is what's how old was sam sneed sneed was 67 wow You'll get that nowhere, uh, no other podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced. Um, all right, Jay. So we got Jay and Bill Haas, the Haases. That could be a good pick for Brendan this week. Uh, we got Will Zalatoris and Davis Riley, former roommates. That's their kind of bond. That's one of the things I love about this is like you get all these like odd backstories on, on why guys are partners. You know, Ryan Palmer's defending him. You guys don't realize I'm friends with all these guys. So um, actually, so Palmer, I was going to bring it up when we got to this section of the of the show. But what's the point of a rundown? You know, Palmer actually was at Royal Oaks when like little Scotty Scheffler was roaming around because um, Scheffler's been hanging out in the back of the range there since he was about seven years old. So that one, 
I think of his three partnerships, Spieth, you know, obviously Rom, uh, and no one forced him to be his, be his partner. You know, they they chose to. Um, I think this one it definitely has the most the biggest connection because he's known Scotty Scheffler since he was yeah seven years old or whatever. Which is that crazy Royal Oaks about. roster of guys is pretty impressive. Do you know more offhand? I, I saw a graphic and I kind of forgot. Uh, so Justin Leonard was kind of parallel of like he went to Royal Oaks at a super young age and then became a major champion. Ryan Palmer, Colt Nost was there. Um, obviously won the USAM and US Amateur Public Links um, in the same year. And the stories of like Scotty Scheffler from when he was roaming around back there are, are pretty fun. Uh, there was a pole, I guess it was like 88 yards out and Scotty, you know, was watching Randy Smith give a lesson to some tour player and he's like hitting it at the pole, but not hitting it. And he's like, well, wh- why don't you hit it? And the guy's like, you know, I'm trying, it's not that easy. And then apparently Scotty goes three stalls down and like third ball in, you hear ding and he just hits the pole. Um, there's, well, if you read enough Scotty Scheffler stories about his upbringing in Dallas, there's some great like little local legends of him. Uh, just playing with the guys. I think one time he was playing from the back tees and he was hitting like three wood into a par four and it lipped out. And the legend is that he just goes, someone's like, yeah, you lipped it out. And he's like, which side? Like he just want to know if he missed it left or right. Like just crazy stuff like that. Must be nice. Right. I have a hard enough time when I try and hit it into like a net, let alone hit a flag, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you sit there and you, you go to a range with those big nets and you're just trying to trying to make one from 50 yards into the net so you can move on and you just are sitting there hitting hitting ball after ball uh that's why they're a different breed uh shane lowry and ian poulter jason day and jason scrivener tommy fleetwood and sergio garcia uh you know the social media darling pairing of of max homa and uh taylor gooch i've heard that they're friends i don't know if you're aware of that um Lucas Glover and Ches Reevy? How about that pairing? Uh, Hatton and Willett? I like this one. Somebody that's having a ton of success on the KFT, getting the call up. Sung JM and Ben On. Uh, okay. Ben On, I think, he, I think he's first or second in, in KFT points. Uh, and then, no, uh, you're thinking Carl Yuan is first in uh, KFT points, isn't he? Unless he well, got passed. I think ben, ben On's in the top three. Carl Yuan already has clinched his tour card. It's not even May yet. Well, it's, he's playing good golf. I yeah. think Ben Ange probably clinched his card, too. Like, has anybody gone from May in third I, to losing their card? I want to say Carl Yuan is the only player. Uh, they have a 900-point threshold, which is very, very safe. Cause you don't want to say anyone's clinched their card, and then they have not. Uh, and I believe that Carl Yuan is the only player to do so. Yet. I feel like oh. there, there should be a... This guy's probably not losing his card status. Yeah. I feel like we're too slow to proclaim that people have their card. Oh, you know what? Ben On is second, uh, 880 points. So he's only 20 points away from the fail-safe 100%. So he's um, in. He's in. You know what would be nice? I'm going to make a plea right here on this podcast. I hope that the PGA of America is listening. Let's give Ben On a sponsor exemption, or I don't know what you call it for the PGA, into the PGA of America, where he won the 2009 U.S. Amateur to become the youngest U.S. amateur champion in the history of the U.S. amateur. Wait, into uh, the PGA? You want him into the PGA? Yeah, he won the he won the 2009 U.S. amateur at Southern Hills. You, oh, I realize they're different, you know, governing bodies. But wait, I thought he won at Chambers Bay. No, I was there. I was Byung Yoon on Ben on over Ben Martin. Battle of the Bens. So at at Southern Hills. At Southern Hills. 
That I think that's a good exemption. Yeah, thank you. He's playing You're... good golf too. Right. I mean, I wouldn't ask for it if it wasn't somewhat merited. I feel like he's kind of an enigma, Benon. You know, it's he won the BMW PGA, and I think you know he was he was like in the top thirty in the world uh, for a while there. Made a Presidents Cup team, and then kind of fell off. I mean, he literally he won the U.S. Amateur at the age of eighteen. Uh, Tiger held that record. Then Danny Lee broke it in two thousand eight, and then Ben On broke it the next year. Actually, Ben On, I remember writing a column at Golf Week. Uh, it was I was very angry that the AJGA did not give Ben On uh, the Player of the Year <laughs> award the year he won the U.S. Amateur. But the U.S. Amateur doesn't count in their rankings, so they, they just discounted it. But I'm like, look, if a kid wins the U.S. Amateur at the age of 18 and he's still an AJGA member, he's got to get the award. Yeah. Well, right. that's, yeah, I, I'm not going to say the Masters, I'm, but not, I'm not, not the AJGA say, player I'm not going to say what I'm going to say, what I wanted to say, but, okay. you know, I think we can look at some other, other awards and, and draw similar conclusions to them in golf. Um, with... Uh, all right, uh, now for a quick word from our sponsor. Full disclosure, I completely forgot to include this ad read into the podcast. So uh, we're doing this after. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Elijah Craig. Did you know that the PGA Tour Pro Max Homa is a new brand ambassador for Elijah Craig bourbon? I did. I happened to see on Instagram uh, yesterday. He was doing an Elijah Craig shoot before the uh, New Orleans event. So, you know, Max is out there. Uh, you know, he's one of our favorite golfers, and he's repping our uh, favorite sipper. Talk about a great match. Like Homa, Elijah Craig Bourbon never settles for less than best. Every bottle of their award-winning small batch carries a signature warm spice and a subtle smoke flavor. It's exceptionally smooth and well-balanced. I like to drink it on the rocks, as Garrett Morrison on the Fried Egg says, I'm a, I'm a pretty simple guy. I like it on the rocks. I do like other cocktails with it, though. I, I will I will dabble in, in some bourbon cocktails. And uh, I, I would, if you're doing a little day daytime uh, bourbon consumption, I think a, a cocktail is a, is a nice way to go. I like a, uh, you know, you do a little ginger beer, a little mint, a little lime. Uh, you know, they, some might call it a Kentucky mule. That's a, that's a good one. There's, uh, I saw that some bar and, uh, somewhere, some, some golf bar did a, uh, a fried egg, uh, one that was like a, I think it was a, a, a whiskey sour because obviously you use an egg in that. Um, but anyways, Elijah Craig won the double gold at the San Francisco World Spirits competition last year. It's not only celebrated by experts, it's enjoyed by all, especially Max Homa himself. So whether you're at the clubhouse or watching the Zurich Classic at your own house, enjoy the action with a glass of Elijah Craig, the signature sip of PGA Tour Pro Max Homa. Hopefully his partner Taylor Gooch too. I don't think there's a there's a deal in place there, but I imagine Max has some some Elijah Craig for him also. Pick up a bottle uh, today, or order online at drizzly.com and save five dollars on a bottle of Elijah Craig delivered to your door with code Fried Egg Five. That is Fried Egg Five. Um, use that you get five dollars off a bottle of Elijah Craig. That's a pretty good deal. All right, our our legal mandatory read here. Uh, verb, we got to do this verbatim. 
The, the Shotgun Start is brought to you by Elijah Craig Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Bardstown, Kentucky. 47% alcohol by volume. Elijah Craig reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Can't wait for Brenda to be back so I don't forget these anymore. And now back to Sean Martin. With, with Ben on, I mean, he's the perfect example of it shows like Ben on is a certified PGA tour pro who happened to have a bad year last year and, and lose his card. But guys like that, they go down to the corn Ferry tour and they dominate. They come right back up and like, he's already effectively got his card back um, a couple events in and like everybody likes to talk about, Oh, you know, this guy that's chasing Monday qualifiers could, could play on the PGA tour. He's that good. It's like, no, no, like to be a a mainstay on the PGA tour, that is a different level of golf than somebody. Like if you're going to be a mainstay on the tour, you're going to have gotten your card. You know that that none yeah. of the nothing with the system is going to hold you back. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, the example I use this season is Mark Hubbard, uh, who has conditional tour status, but missed his card by a decent amount. I think finished one forties in the FedEx Cup. He's played four KFT events and he's finished sixth, fifth, ninth, and twelfth. And he's basically yeah. 26 on the points list um, in four starts. And I think, yeah, there's just, there's not, there's only so many spots on the PGA Tour. There's, I, I look at it as there's like 500 guys who probably occupy number 100 in the FedEx Cup to number, let's say, 70, eh, number 30 on the Corn Ferry Tour. There's like, there's what's that, 100 spots, let's say, and there's like, 200 guys that are worthy of those spots. And so really, it just comes down some years to like, hey, I made the six-footer when I needed to. Like, you know, on the 18th hole on Sunday, I made the six-footer that got me into a solo second instead of a three-way tie for second. Or, you know, I missed that six-footer, and now I've lost my card because I fell into a four-way tie for fourth or whatever. Um, and some of these guys, it could be like, I'm in the hunt, and I, I went for something because I was trying to win. I made a double and ended up finishing T-fifth instead of second, and I lost my card. Yeah. Because I tried to win a golf tournament. And then... You know, the flip side of that is I won a golf tournament kind of out of the blue, and I don't really, I, I probably am not one of the 200 guys, but yeah, when I'm you, here for two years. Yeah, when you're living on that edge between like edge of, you know, barely qualifying for FedEx Cup playoffs or conditional status on the PJ Tour versus like your Corn Ferry Tour card, like there's probably two to three shots a year that make the huge difference on whether or not you're playing the next year on the Corn Ferry Tour or on the PJ Tour. How do you like this event? I like it. I think, I mean, I'm look, I'm glad we mix it up. Um, I just, honestly, I wish that there was like a little more team unity. Uh, like I wish guys like, I know you've got your clothing sponsors and you have different sponsors, but like, well, you got, you just, got your countrymen, you got the Mito Pereira, uh, Neiman team and you've got, then you've got your college teammates teams, the Boilermakers. Yeah. You got the Boilermakers. How about so that? if you're the Boilermakers, like have your, you know, your company make some shirts with the Purdue logo on them or break out your Purdue stand bags. Or if you're team Chile, like get your Chile hoofers from last year's Olympics that you used um, and pull those out. Like I went there, I remember I went there and guys weren't even playing practice rounds together. Really? Yeah. They were just scouted out like a normal, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and I think there, it just, it needs a little bit of that cohesion of like, Let's script it. You know, let's get our college logo if we play the same college or our country logo. Let's get, you know, maybe logo on the bag or something. I know there's sponsor considerations, but I think I, just a little more unity would make it pop. 
Well, I also always like the the clearly paired up teams. Yeah, like you know, they yes. you know, this guy and this guy couldn't find a partner or didn't bother finding a partner. I think it's more of like this guy doesn't care who he plays with, but he wants to play. Here, I think I see less team. of those this year. Like I see some random ones, but like I think I could maybe see a connection. But I feel like most. I was going through the field looking for our random teams, and I think who's most your of them favorite could, random team? Well, the ones of guys who are from the same country, but like 15 years apart in age, I'm like, do you actually know each other? Do you just like text them like, hey, like I'm Irish, you're Irish, let's play together. Like, do you play a, do you find the Irish guy when he comes over to the States to play a practice with him? Um, you know, like there was Martin Laird and Bobby McIntyre, very far apart in age, both Scottish. The Desert Fox. Yeah. Maybe he's but, trying to learn how to play, uh, play, what's the term, the, the waste management battery. <laughs> Um, but you know what's? I'm sure that at some point Martin Laird has offered to help the Scottish team. But Martin Laird's been over in the United States since uh, he went to college. So I'm just always I want to hear the story of those. Um, what about think, what about your boy Wes Wes Bryan and, and Mullinax? That's a that's a a gamecock and a and a and a roll tide. That doesn't seem like it fits. It seems well, like there might be some love loss there. I mean, Horschel and Burns is Florida LSU in the heart of uh, Tiger Country. Well, they're outcasts, though. They're those guys are, you know, they're they're brothers. <laughs> that, are they? I mean, it's our second straight year together, but uh, it seems like they really have have a a deep bond, you know. I was kind of hoping that because Burns and Scheffler are pretty close. They always stay on the road together. Their families do, like them and their wives are really close. I was like, let's get a Burns Scheffler pairing. I thought that'd been cool to see. Um, well, Ryan Palmer pounced on it. You know, he got to be quick to the draw with Ryan Palmer around. I, you know, the the rumor is is that that's Ryan Palmer went and snatched uh, Scheffler up right after the waste management when he saw the first win happen, and then literally the first, he went up to him first thing in the morning the next week on the range and said, "Hey, Scotty, congrats. Who? What are your plans for the Zurich?" That's wild. Um, I th- I want to hear the best like rejection story. Well, like, Bubba's a couple years ago was the best one. Was, well, he actually partnered with the guy, didn't he? He just took a while to get back to him. <laughs> I think it might have been Scheffler, right? No, it was. Oh, they played. Yeah, they played Zurich together last year. Scheffler, Bubba asked him, and Scheffler's like, "Well, let me see if I can find somebody else," and then he couldn't. I- and he I think to, they were, they were they joking together. I think they were joking. Were they not? I don't know. Who knows? I'm kind I of gosh. disappointed that Doug Gim and Nick Hardy aren't playing together. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, Doug Gim has, who's his partner? Matthias Schwab. I could, like, I'm wondering, are they just buddies from college golf? You know, they, Matthias was at Vanderbilt at the time, which is a top-notch program. There's a couple guys that, you know, it looks like they maybe picked up some, like uh, Kitayama and Kiradek. A lot of K's in there. But um, I'm guessing that, you know, Kitayama played the European Tour one a couple times, maybe came buddies with Kiradek over there. I don't know. What about what about Herbie and uh, and Vaughn Taylor, the journeyman team? That's, I mean, I, you, sh- we, you should have Bama Ber- Bearcat text in and see how that came together. <laughs> Just a couple of 40-year-old guys. Yeah, like guys that bat- batted around a lot of tours, you know, a lot of places. I don't know. The, the, the pairings are just amazing. You would think Herman would have punched above his weight a little bit, trying to get the pip points. 
since he's such a pep superstar. Yeah. I mean, he, he never got published where he finished on that list. So He should have you know. probably started a public campaign to be partners with Max. I mean, like, I'm surprised. Why isn't Jaeger playing with his boy Keith Mitchell? You know, he's playing with Joel, D- Joel Damon instead. Like, uh, Jaeger and Mitchell are boys. Well, Mitchell's got his fellow Nashvillian uh, Snedeker. Wait, are they playing together? They are. Oh, my God. He, he left Jaeger high and dry. <laughs> the interesting thing, too, is the teams that don't return after, like, playing together the previous year, like... I don't know. I just need I need breakup stories. I need the dirt. I need you know what are the text messages that go unresponded to? Um, yeah, how does that conversation go? The Irish pairing of McDowell and, and Seamus Power is one of your generational gaps. Yeah, That's got to like, be so cool though for like Seamus Power. I mean, yeah, in 2010, Seamus was probably like in high school, maybe watching Graham win the U.S. Open. I'm sure he looked up to him. Um, I just I would love to know the the connection like what the connection is like how did did Seamus come over and once he got on the tour Graham's like hey I want to help you out you know my fellow Irishman I know Graham's from Northern Ireland but it seems like people from the the island of Ireland stick together um, from a golf standpoint so I don't know it's uh but, it's interesting there's some really good colleges there's you got the Denny McCarthy Ben Coles the Virginia you know the oh, yeah. rare Virginia team a couple you've Stanford, got Stanford pairings. Yeah, you got the McNeely, Bramlett, Stanford. Uh, you've got and Rogers you know, and Wu. Yeah. Well, I was kind of disappointed that uh, Dylan Wu and David Lipsky aren't playing together to form a, a, a Chicago's Big Ten team. David Lipsky is one of those guys who you know played college golf in America. He's from the states, but he must have played on the European tour and become buddies with Aaron Rye over there. Is my guess. That's or maybe two, you know what? Gloves. Maybe you got to be Lipsky, careful of guys that wear two gloves. Maybe Lipsky texted Fitzy. He's like, hey, you want to play? He said, no, I'm taking the week off, but let me introduce you to my fellow Englishman, Aaron Rye. Could be that. Could be that. You got Smotherman and Higgs, the SMU connection. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's some good good pairings out here. Um, Who's your who's your pick? Who, who are you taking for Brendan? Oh, for He's one, kind of not, all, who actually, not who I actually well, think will win. Who do you think will win, and who are you taking for Brendan? He's got pretty much everybody available. He doesn't, you know, the favorites are available. He could go, you know, a lot of different ways. Uh, I think, let's do, and this must be an Orlando connection. Let's do Arjun Atwal and Lucas Herbert. <laughs> he can't say that I didn't give him a PGA Tour winner this season. I know Herbert lives in Orlando. It must be, it has to be an Orlando connection. <laughs> that, that, I think that's a random connection. Yeah. There's that, no way. There's no way those guys are friends. They both I mean, live in Orlando. Look, maybe Herbert's been out over here for how many months? Yeah. I, maybe they go to Magic games together. I don't know. <laughs> um, my actual, so I actually did some, I know it's frowned upon, but I did some research uh, before coming on here. Um, I think the Smith-Leachman team is a formidable pairing. Uh, I was looking, you know, you look at most birdies per round combined uh, from teams in the field this week. Uh, Smith and Leachman lead in that. Which I was looking, Cameron Smith averages 5.4 birdies a round. Justin Thomas is second at five. And then no one else That's is a it. lot. A half a That's birdie a round more. <laughs> more than anyone else. It matters somewhere you play. I mean, obviously he lit up Kapalua. At the same time, JT played Kapalua as well. But... Um, they are the second best strokes gain approach 
the green team, if you average the um, their strokes game per round in approach. Who's first? And then, uh, Morikawa and Hovland by a pretty large mod- margin. Yeah. Those guys don't make as many putts as the, as the Leishman Smith team, though. They don't. And then uh, Leishman and Smith actually lead in strokes game putting as well, <laughs> if you average out. And actually, the second place team in strokes game putting was Sergio and Fleetwood, which blew my mind. I did not expect that. Ah, that seems like a sample size issue. <laughs> I had to I j- double check my formula to make sure that I was uh, looking up the right numbers, and it was. It's funny when you are doing some statistical stuff and, and you come across a result that makes you recheck everything. Yeah, or like a lookup function. You're like, did I like put in a wrong column or something? I don't know. So that's uh, that's unbelievable about the the Fleetwood Sergio thing. Yeah, um, Garcia's gaining nearly a half stroke per round, and Fleetwood's gaining three quarters of a stroke per round. So before winning, Smith and Leishman had been already a formidable team in this, and you're saying it's not a fluke. I don't think so. I I mean they seem very well suited and then i mean if they're literally the second best iron uh play team and the best putting team i feel like that's a good combination they make the most birdies uh, i think the other thing that's good for cam is that this course is pretty wide yeah he he i mean i I was out there on 16 of the players when he hit that drive that hook left and i i didn't know that you could hook a modern driver that much uh I mean, it what was, it, was it more of a nose diver or was it, was it a, like an it old like a school hook. quack? Uh, I don't think you get quite, you can't get the old school quack, I don't think, unless you just almost miss it maybe. But it was a toe, I mean, it was a toe hook, hard toe hook. Um, it's not good. Yeah, it's, it's wide. It's interesting. TBC Louisiana is interesting. I feel like they tried to get a Lynx feel out there, but the problem is it rains so much in Louisiana that you just can't, I mean... It always rains at this event. Yeah. It's just there's there's no way around it. It's Louisiana in April. So, um, all right, I'm I think I'm gonna. So you, you're taking for Brendan Arjun Atwal um, and Lucas Herbert, and uh, I I think you convinced me. I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Cam Smith and uh, and Leishman. I'm gonna use Leishman for my pick, and uh, and take the defending champs. You know, I'm going out on a on a real ledge here but you know i've having a good year so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna stay down i don't feel like i need to take a risk here the one thing i do like with the kind of the generational teams we we're talking about i think that smith like this you know the zurich with blixt was his first win and he talked about how it helped him like you know he still had to hit shots under pressure on sunday you know the win meant a lot and i think that's kind of the cool thing with some of the generational teams is like you might be able to get a guy his first win or his biggest win and you know get him under the gun a little bit for the first time and, and it can pay off for his career yeah yeah that's it's a good point it's uh it, it makes probably shep coming down the stretch and winning a little bit easier having somebody else there yeah alternate i wish they would just go all alternate shot rip the band-aid well, off if there was a third format what would you pick i don't know I think I would just go alternate shot. I want to strip it down, make it simpler. I don't want to add a third format. Okay. What would you add? Maybe one club? Just go one club challenge? I mean, the obvious answer is scramble, but... What about a shared bag? Actually, didn't we talk about uh, combined score? That'd be... 
That'd be an so, interesting one. One of my friends, uh, best man at my wedding, actually uh, played at Texas A&M on the team that won the 09 NCAA championship. And the Texas father's son, I think, was two days of best ball. And then the last day was combined score. And his dad was not a good player. So they'd always get in contention after two days because he'd shoot a good number on his own balls, you know, 68, 69, whatever. But then it was combined score, and they just would get blown out to see because it would be like, you know, he'd shoot low 70s, let's say, break par, and his dad would shoot like 85. So it's combined score would expose some people. Our our uh, our events that we do for the fried egg are all um, best ball, and then the afternoons alternate shot, and it's really interesting to watch like low high handicaps and high handicaps play, because like there are there are if the if the low handicaps a good teammate, I feel like they can really bring a lot to the alternate shot pairing, but at the same time that high handicap can just compl- utterly derail <laughs> all hope. With some shot, like just hit such terrible shots that it doesn't matter, you know. But at the same time, just the positive reinforcement of a low handicapper to the high handicapper, if they if they communicate the right way, can really raise the level. It's a it's a fascinating thing to watch. Is is like different levels of players playing together in an alternate shot format. Not to make this about myself, but remember, I shot a, a best ball fifty nine at a Friday event. Yeah. George, what did he yeah. shoot? Uh, he shot sixty. I contributed a birdie. <laughs> I, I I made a couple other birdies that he also matched. And then what happened in the in the playoff? You well, you know, so uh, you know, what's funny is I played Palmetto on the Monday after the Masters with uh, with Will and Brendan showed up on the sixth hole, um, and I hit a great drive on one. And Will was like, "Man, the last shot I had seen you hit was that drive in the playoff." And <laughs> And then you, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. And then you hit a great drive here on number one in Palmetto. But I told him, I was like, I hate to admit it, but I was super nervous on, on that you tee shot had, in the playoff. You should have had George. George, your mistake was not having George hit the tee shot. Well, he's got a great wedge game. And but so, you, couldn't, you couldn't have lost it on, on the second shot. It's true. I mean, that fairway is 80 yards wide, though. That was, <laughs> unfortunately, it wasn't a quacker. a mile right. I could have, and I just. I would have to say that you you didn't you didn't use your proper course management strategies there. No, well, there's I mean there's no course management strategy that can predict for that shot. <laughs> That's what we call an outlier. All right, um, moving on in the schedule of the week, I'm sure we'll get back to some Zurich talk here. Uh, we have the DIO, the DO Implant LA Open on the LPGA Tour at Wilshire Country Club. A Norman Macbeth design with a Kyle Phillips renovation um, in the late 2010s. Uh, this is a uh, this is a great event. The defending champions, Brooke Henderson, primetime golf on the LPGA. You can catch this on Golf Channel. Again, I don't have the times. So you can find that on GolfChannel.com. Uh, notables include Jin Young Ko, Patty Tanatavakit, Aria Jutanagarn, MB Park, Nasa Hatayoka. Minji Lee, Brooke Henderson, Seyoung Kim, Daniel uh, Daniel Kang, Jessica Corda, Yuka Sasso, and Jennifer Kupcho. So that is uh, that's my event of the week. This is one of my favorite events. Uh, it's a great golf course, a great time uh, to watch golf uh, for anybody in the Midwest or the East Coast or even the West Coast. You know, you get a little post-work golf in, uh, and it is held at a, a very cool course, uh, Wilshire Country Club. This is the first of a two-week stretch in L.A. They're going to be playing Palos Verdes uh, next week, which is another really neat design. 
I feel like the tour should uh, should take a page out of this. They used to have the Texas swing. I like the idea of having back to back week uh, events in in a in a general area. I believe the the biggest hurdle is uh, volunteers. Sponsor. Oh, really? and sponsor. Yeah, sponsors and volunteers. Because it's such a big lift to get the number of volunteers you need. You know, you go to even LA. Uh, you know, it's a huge city, but you need so many volunteers that. Um, it's hard to go back to back in the same market. And we still have a Texas swing. We have a Florida swing, Texas swing, West Coast swing. There's lots of swings. Yeah, but I mean, the Texas swing, it used to be back to back Fort Worth, Dallas. Well, we're going to go uh, Fort, you know, sorry, Dallas for the Nelson, short jaunt up to Southern Hills, and then back down for Colonial. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. It's a little, uh, I mean, what? What's Oklahoma? Where is Oklahoma? What 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 <laughs> part of the country is it considered? I've wondered this for, uh, for Midwest years. Right? Midwest? I don't think it's. I mean, it's Midwest, but like, is it Great Plains? Is it? It's not part mm. of the Great Plains, right? See, I don't. I don't break my country down in the Great Plains. Like, I don't consider that a region. Like, I, I, I was, I'm like the big ones are Southeast. Northeast. Well, then what's Texas? Is Texas isn't Midwest? I mean, it could be, couldn't it? It's in the middle. I think they would take offense to being called Midwest. I, I, I as a Midwesterner, would never consider a Texan a Midwesterner. They well, don't fit Illinois, the Midwest Midwesterner profile. Illinois is in the Northwest, profile. right? That's where Northwestern University is. <laughs> I thought you were asking me, like, literally where Oklahoma was, and I, I didn't know how to respond. It's, I mean, square in the middle of the, the country. Yeah, but what part of the country is it? I guess I guess I need to put Great Plains into my considerations of the regions of. of America. I don't even think it really fits Great Plains, though. Man, I you know, I'm baffled. Like, I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure see, there'll be this is a hard. This is a hard question. You didn't expect. Have you read Boomtown, by the way? Mm-mm. Oh, Kyle Porter got me into it. Uh, great book on the history of Oklahoma, using using the end of kind of the what Westbrook and uh, Durant years of the Thunder to tell the history of Oklahoma. What a sad time for Thunder fans. Yeah. I think as a, as a basketball guy, I think you would love it. Then just, I mean, it goes I've heard into like, about it. Yeah, it's a very long book, but I think I read it during COVID, to be honest. That's that's a hurdle when you, when you bring long into the... Into the... No Perry Maxwell, a... though, in the book. Ah, oh, that's, that's sad. They missed a real opportunity to talk about. I'll bring it up with the author. Um, and then on the Champions Tour... PGA Tour champions, uh, we've got the Club Corp Classic at Las Colinas Country Club down in Texas. Uh, we've got Steven Elker, Robert Allenby, Woody Austin, Glenn Day, Ernie Els, David Duvall, David Frost, Tim Heron, Jerry Kelly, Billy Mayfair, and uh, we got poor bands Jordan Spieth, Marco Mira, and Dickie Pride. You, did you like? Did you like the the Jordan Spieth, uh, Marco Mira, Rich Rich Man's Marco Mira comp? I thought it was th- there was some merit there, but then also, can you like he's like Brennan said, he's still a hall, like they're both Hall of Famers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. People people were giving me some shit for it. I was like, I said he was a better version of a Hall of Famer. Like, how is that a a mean thing to say? Well, it, it's was it more of a do you think it's more of a knock on Omira? Maybe that's what I think people were, were offended by. Well, I think that they have a similar profile of wins, 
they have these major wins, and then you look at the rest of their wins, and you're kind of like, well, it's definitely not. You're not winning Riviera, and you're not winning Bay Hill. It's kind of like you're winning the RBC and and the Byron Nelson. Yeah, I I get it. I think. I mean, but how many? They're still good tour events. I was going to say your your reply should have been like they're all worth five hundred FedEx Cup points, Andy. Some are worth five fifty. I don't think he's won any five fifty point events. That's the thing; he hasn't won any of the five fifty points. I mean, RBC had five of the top ten players in the world. I I get what you're saying. It's interesting too because when you think of the skill set, you kind of think of them being similar. Of yeah. great putters, There's... even though even though Spieth did lose two and a half strokes on the greens at Heritage, which is a little bit misleading because he did make some putts from off the greens, which doesn't count in your strokes game putting, which is why his strokes gain around the green number was phenomenal because he holds some putts from the fringe. When, it's, when it's a small can we quibble just get that rid of fringe? Why, when can we get rid of the fringe? You just want everything to be putting surface? Or you, well, the yeah. part, you can't. You'd have to have someone dial in if they used putter or not. I mean, you already got somebody out there. It seems like it would be easy enough to to denote there, right? Like if you hit it on a, an inch on the fringe, it should count as a green regulation too. This has always been a beef of mine, and I've always, as a player myself, so I think I've I always think counted fringes. Anytime I use a putter, I count it as a green regulation. I'm gonna look. I think there actually is a stat of green or fringe in regulation. I think Data Golf does something with it. Let's see. They probably do. Um, I mean, it gets denoted in the shot link data. Green or fringe regulation. Pulled it up right now. Do you want to guess who the leader is? Wow, actually, the, the list here is stout. Can I just read it to you? Yeah. John Rahm is number one with 86% on either the green or the fringe. See, that's a great stat. Uh, Victor Hovland is number two at 81%. Xander Shoffley at 81%. Colin Morikawa at 81%. Seamus Power. Bodes well for this week because there's a lot of fringe. Actually, his number will get upped. Well, not really, because it won't count in the stats because it's a team event. But um, like Seamus Power actually... Pretzel there. Uh, Seamus Power actually known for a wicked short game. Um, Seamus Power is sneaky having a great year. Now, oh, yeah. I don't think it's... I think that the, the Seamus Power breakout year is going to be next year. Because it, it's like I always love when guys get in the mix a lot, but they don't have a lot of high finishes. They're usually shoe-ins for the next year breakout. Sepp Straka was kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, this list, I'm going to keep going. Uh, after Seamus Powers, Corey Connors, Ryan Moore, a little bit not expected. Uh, Will Zalatoris, 8th. Sam Burns, ninth, Hideki, 10th. I mean, people need Primo, to start looking. Primo all those, players. All those gamers out there need to start scrolling through those greens or fringe and regulation list. Well, that's the thing, is that if, if I hit it to like 10 feet short-sided on the fringe, it's way better than hitting it 25 feet out into the green, and it it seems like the stats don't really reflect that. Yeah, and they they don't uh, as far as greens regulation, but they do in strokes gain approach. That's the beauty of strokes gain approach. Maybe. I, I'm sure you like there's me, like a, we're... a negative to not being on the green, but in reality, it doesn't really matter. It matters a little bit. I don't Very know what the make little. It's mostly a mental thing. If you once you get over it mentally, it we got that little matter. bump when it gets off the fringe. You got that little, you know, bump when it's going down. So that may like make like a foot difference. The putt's like an extra foot. 
I love, I asked Seamus Power at the RSM why his short game was so good, and I love this because I feel like I could relate, but he's like, I don't know, I just sat at the chipping green all day. It was like my favorite thing to do, and I think I think practicing chipping, A, it's free usually, which is great. I hate places that charge to use their putting and chipping green. I think that's a travesty. I get you're using their resources, but come on. Um, but chip, practicing your chipping is free, and it's like it's less stressful than uh, practicing your full swing, I feel like, and then also it's just you get to be so creative. Uh, my son chips for hours. Seamus Power. Like, I just, I love that explanation of just, I love I guys like that just a, grew up chipping. There's a shift that happens when you get older. And I used to love going to the range. I, I could, I, I can't hit more than like 20 balls. At a drive I don't want to work on my swing. I just, I yeah. hate, if I hate swinging If I'm swinging balls. well, I don't want to, I don't want to hit, waste any. Right. And if I'm not swinging well, I don't want to sit there and try and figure it out because I'll probably do all the wrong things and make it worse. So yeah. I have a big believer in just like not only using the range to warm up, but I will chip. If I had a chipping green in my backyard, I would legitimately probably just spend all day out, out there. Yeah. It's fun. All right, news. We got we officially have Chum in the water. Robert Garrigus asked for a waiver to play the uh, Saudi event. This was reported by Eamon Lynch. We have a first Chum in the water. Um, you know, I, I'm sure this is not a, a great subject over at PGA Tour land. I'm going to give you, give my uh, my two cents here. This is not a good look for the Saudi league. Um, Robert Garrigus isn't isn't playing this week in the Zurich, which he is, is probably, actually. Oh, he is. Who's uh, with Tommy Ganey. No, well, that, that's a bad sign for, for the, another bad sign for the Saudi league. Um, that who knows how that marriage came about, but I hope it's not over a common bond. Um, tra- other and other big news: Trevor Immelman. Names his four assistant President's Cup captains. It's President's Cup season. We got Mike some, Weir. Should we go Jeff over some Ogilvy. President's Cup pairings this we week? Could. This is yeah. a this is a tr- this is like spring training for the International President's Cup team. This is a big week for them. He's probably Immelman's probably down there. He's doing the t- I think he's oh he doing is the CBS t- telecast too, right? Uh, I think I want to say they're having a team dinner as well. Man, have a big week for them. I, I was Where do you think they'll go? Do you think they just go they for should like go oysters? to Yakimos. That's okay. where you should go if you're in. New well, you Orleans. you've got a direct line to the captain. Tell him it's probably tonight. He's probably already got a reservation made. Sounds like so. food. Sounds like food is at top of their mind. I was I listened to a little snippet of an interview that he was on, maybe Sirius XM, and he was talking about the food is something that they were really making sure to dial in. Which he it make, he's like, if players are happy, happy about the food, they're probably going to play better. Which I agree. You know, I'll tell you what, listen. not to make this about, you know, the media, no one cares about how we do our jobs, but uh, Ryan Lavner, you know, you go to him, uh, go to the Zurich with him, and it's like the great crawfish massacre. I mean, just piles of crawfish shells and carcasses, like an absurd amount of, so of crawfish. So it's kind of like if we put chips in front of you. That was blasphemy. I, I There were no chips the first night I went. Uh, and actually, I'm not a big crawfish guy. I don't like having to work for my food. I want it there. I don't have to crack it open and, you know, I'll, if I'm going to have lobster, I want the, you know, I'll have a lobster roll. I want the lobster out. I don't have to dig it out of its body. Do you like ribs? Are ribs too much? I do, but you don't have to, you're not digging in there. It's just, it's there. You eat it off the bone. But, you know, you don't, you don't go digging through a cow for the, you know, the good stuff or whatever. You just, it's there. You don't like rotisserie chickens then? I honestly don't. And 
because it's too much work to cut it. <laughs> well, and I'm not a big, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not really one of those super efficient people at getting the meat off the bones. There's just a lot of wasted meat that it gets left behind. You know, some people will like just destroy you. Like there will only be bone left. There'll be no, it's like a velociraptor went through there. Um, I'm not one of those people. So it just ends up being a bunch of wasted food. Well, anyways, the last President's Cup assistant captain is K.J. Choi. Um, I, I think this is very clear where uh, where what's happening there. Mike Weir's going to be the uh, captain when they're in up in Montreal. Uh, one of uh, Camilo or, or K.J. Choi will probably be the captain the next year in America, the, the two years, and then when it goes back to Royal Melbourne, that'll be when you see Jeff Ogilvy as the captain. Who do you think the 2040 captain in Melbourne is? Maybe Leash. Yeah? Jason Day? Uh, what's... I don't think it'll be Jason Day. I don't think he's yeah. been back to Australia in a while. Uh, how old will Joaquin Newman maybe, be? Maybe Ben 2040. <laughs> he would take that role. Uh, Joaquin Neiman would be, what, four, uh, 40 then or so? I don't think he's going to be it. He could... I mean, at 40, Trevor Ullman's like 40, isn't he? I think Trevor Ullman is younger than Adam Scott, who might be on the team. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not here to speculate on 2040 President's Cup captains, uh, captaincies as much as, uh, as you know, it could, be, it could be Charlie Woods. Who knows? Maybe the president. I think by that time, the, the President's Cup will be the most interesting uh, competition. I think that's, that uh, that's going to happen. Um, all right, the match 15, or whatever it is, is uh, set. We got Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady versus uh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes over 12 holes. I forgot. I didn't write down the course. Uh, win you Las know, Vegas again. 12-hole match again. 12-hole match at the win Las Vegas. Tom Brady dropped his <laughs> golf clothing line today as well. How about that? NIL deals all over the place. Cole right? Hammer is in the is in the commercial. Yeah. It's uh, you, you get serious golf brand, you get Cole Hammer to rep it. I mean, he's smart. Aligning with Texas golf right now is is a good choice. Maybe Cole gotta, Hammer. Does this do anything for you? No, I I looked at the shirts and I think they're all like monochromatic. There's no like patterns or stripes or you know. I'm not talking about Tom Brady's shirts. Oh. I'm talking about the the match. Oh, I think the Cole Hammer NIL deal. I was here for that. I, I got to be honest. I thought that maybe he was gonna. I heard some rumblings that there was a Texan that was doing some NIL stuff with Brady. I thought it was gonna be the Cootie Twins. To be honest, you know, both really strong, long hitters broke their arms doing some high explosive training and whatnot. Um, you weren't anyway. expecting Hammer time. I was a little surprised. Um, Isn't it? It's interesting that Cole Hammer is probably more well known than the Cooties, even though the Cooties are have had a pretty clearly better. Um, coll- collegiate career. Do you remember the movie Rookie of the Year? Yeah. How could I forget? Pearson Cootie, ever since that broken arm, he's gone 1-2. Uh, almost won the Western <laughs> Intercollegiate for back-to-back wins. I tweeted uh, a response to Brentley Romine with a picture of that kid, and Brentley didn't get it. It was <laughs> He's too young. Henry uh, Henry Gardner. <laughs> That's a poll. I didn't know the kid's name. And then there's that big, scary slugger for the other team. I forget his name. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Rongardner and uh, Chip uh, Chet, Chet Swanson, Chet something. Who's the I... washed-up pitcher? Chet Stedman. Chet Stedman. 
What? A, and then there's the manager of the year movie. I always get. I forget what that kid's name is when he becomes the manager of the. Well, is that what Trevor Immelman is? Where he because he's younger than one of his players. <laughs> I only say that because I know he's listening. <laughs> Gonna have to ask him. I, I I wonder if he's seen that movie. You know. <laughs> Because he has to deal with that uh, the grumpy third baseman that starts dating his mom. <laughs> what a movie. I don't remember. <laughs> I did not see this movie. You didn't see Manager of the Year? No. Oh, man. A classic one. <laughs> great, great movies. I mean, these are like movies of yesteryear I'd watch when I was sick as a kid. <laughs> All right. With that uh, last piece of news, uh, the Anna Davis, the Adwa champ, gets a exemption to next week's LPGA event at Palace Verdes. So that'll be they'll be going on, and then the PGA uh, Club Pro Championship is is midway through the third round. I haven't even looked into to see what the scoring was, but uh, you know I saw Omar Urusi was struggling. So. That's his home club. Really? Do you think there's yeah. too much pressure? I got a press release that said uh, defending champion Omar Uresti playing on home turf. So he's probably Jesse Bueller is leading right now. So Austin that guy, Hart. I want to say that guy played at ASU and had a decent career and then it just like was killing it in like the Aloha section of the PGA. Really? Yeah. So Ryan Vermeer, a guy that you always see, is in it. Casey Pine. Um, Trying to see if there's anybody else I noticed here. Matt Dobbins, he's a New York guy. Didn't he play on tour for a little while? No, I think he was. I think he's won it before, and when you win it, you get seven tour starts in the next season. So I think he's won it a couple times, and therefore he's made quite a few tour starts. It's like Mike Small, your boy. Mike Small's lingering. Yeah, is he is he around the top twenty? Yeah, he's uh he's twenty eighth right now. Really? I mean, he he played on the Champions Tour a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like. He does not play a lot of golf either. Actually, That's you know what? Uh, I'm 90% sure that Mike Small was the low club pro at the 2007 PGA at Southern Hills because he has a photo of him and Tiger Woods at the trophy ceremony. Wow. You won't get that in other podcasts. No, no. That's that's pretty good. I heard, you know, there was a stat floating around that for a period of the mid-2000s, the guy that was second to Tiger Woods and, and made cut percentage on the PGA Tour was Mike Small. I can see that. I mean, you'd have to have a set of low minimum starts number. The, the crazy one uh, I heard recently, I didn't realize this, was that Tiger's knee trouble started the 2007 PGA. He made a putt from like off the green and fist pumped, and you see him kind of trip a little bit and then start limping. Do you think Tulsa's to blame for Tiger's injury history? It's where it started. I had no. I feel like I follow golf pretty closely, and I had not heard that one. That's unbelievable. I'm going to have to find that clip. All right, Sean, thank you for coming on. And uh, this will do it for today's episode. Uh, do you have any parting thoughts? Not really. I feel like we touched them all, to be honest. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. And uh, people can find you on social media at uh, PGA Tour Smarten, right? That's right. Mostly That's Twitter, right. Uh, dabble on Instagram, no TikTok. You can maybe get more parenting advice from you on, on Instagram. That could be my, my handle. That could, could be, be your my slant. <laughs> PD, uh, smart. Parent Smarten. There we go. I like it. Or Smarten Parenting. It's kind of like Smarter Parenting. Yeah. yeah. There you go. All right. Have a good one. Sounds good. See you.